welcome to Wheel Nudes. This is episode 182. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. <clears throat> uh, Todd? What? I, uh, I, gotta, I gotta bring something up to you. This is huh. a little uncomfortable. Okay. Um, um, it's it's spring. Sure. Now, you know, it's spring. Uh, the, the, the colors, the, the plants are starting to grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The grass is coming up. Everything's it's beautiful, you know, right? pe- every, Everything's mm-hmm. looking... Yeah, I love it. And, um... Actually, you know what? I've, I've got a letter here that was uh, given to me by one of your neighbors. Oh. I'd like to read it to you. Uh, okay. Um, hi, neighbor. Oh, hi. That, that's a friendly greeting. It's weird they don't know my name. Spring is here, uh-huh. and it is time for you to get off your sorry, lazy ass. What? And take care of your fucking yard. Uh. Go buy a bottle of weed be gone. Ooh. Buy a bag of weed and feed, and kill some of those fucking redundant? dandelions and green up the grass. Green it. What? Maybe you should hire someone to take care of your yard if you are too pathetic to do it yourself. Wow, your yard is pathetic. Uh. Take some pride in your home uh-huh. and get off your ass. Ah, uh, yes, yes. My anonymous neighbor has struck. You know, I'm just. It's you got to have some pride in your neighborhood. Is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I. I I looked at your yard today, mm-hmm. and I vomited. Mm-hmm. As a fellow homeowner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with concerns, yes. I mean, you're just hurting property values at this point. Clearly, I'm hurting property values. Not the neighbors with all the cars parked on the street. No, Not no, them. you are you are an eyesore. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. you are like the pimple mm-hmm. on the ass of Cottonwood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. No, that was hard for me to say. Yeah. But I, I do it because I care. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was an actual note that I got yeah, that was in the, the mail. Yeah. Here's the funny part. It came in the mail. I shit you not. Stamped. Someone took the time. Now, let me look at this envelope. So now it came from the Sandy Post Office, and it was sent in the PM mail on the 22nd. And I'm trying to figure out, like... Neighbor. Okay, so they don't know your name. They don't know my... They either don't know my name, or they're trying really hard... To be anonymous. Uh, and the poster just canceled. They didn't you just throw a stamp on there and throw it in the box or anything? No, no. It's like a real deal. It's like a real... Someone that, took the someone time. Someone took time and money <laughs> to send this thing. Not a lot of money. Not a lot, but, you know, the, it's the fact, you know, it's the principle of the thing. Now, are are they complaining about that, that strip that's facing the street? Yeah, like my park strip. I, I, mean, I don't know what they're complaining about, honestly, because I have like a few dandelions on the yard. The strip that's facing the street on the other side has a bunch of dandelions on it, but that's getting poured, torn out this year, so I don't give a damn. Yeah. Um, I didn't water it for the second half last year. Yeah. Uh, to see what the maple trees would do. Like, do you know who this is? I, I have suspicions. Because, A, it has swears in it. A lot of swears. So my, my old Mormon neighbors are probably not the culprit. Yeah. Right? Um, well, you know, I, I did add some swears. Yeah. I, I could see... But lazy ass is definitely prominent in that one. Lazy ass, yeah. Lazy and ass. Uh, yeah. Mormons at my work say ass. Okay, it could be then. could be anybody. But the... Um, the uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, the green it up thing is one of my favorites, because that's in... For those of you who don't live in the West, that's code for... You need to uh, over... Uh, What's the idea? You you overwater, overwater, and you over uh, fertilize it, and it makes it like super like like does not appear in nature green, (laughs) like maple tree leaf green, which is popular here, which is very popular as seen by my entire street full of lawn folk. Yeah, Um, Yeah. I am not lawn folk. 
I water according to the uh, local conservation group's recommendations, which is two or three at most times a week, uh-huh. um, you know, with a sequence that makes my soil retain the water. Uh-huh. So my grass doesn't die. It does brown a bit in the middle of the summer, as grass is prone to do when kept in its natural habitat. Or when you're not watering it every day like you're supposed to. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> actually really not supposed to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't do grass. Yeah, I, you do now. <laughs> I did buy a lawnmower. You're going to get one of these. Probably, because my grass literally is like 12 inches tall right now. There's somebody measuring your grass as we speak. Because I just barely got a lawnmower, and I'll use it for the first time this weekend. But Chuck, I have to ask you this. You know me. Listeners, you know me. Someone sends me, Todd, a note like this, using shame and intimidation bullying to try to get me to do things yeah how do you think i todd am likely to react to this with fire (laughs) i did not use fire (laughs) however i recently remodeled my upstairs bathroom so do you know what i happen to have handy a toilet a toilet (laughs) so i went out i dug a hole i measured and dug a hole appropriate to the bottom of the toilet, uh-huh. planted the toilet in it, and put the sod right up against the sides of the toilet so it looked like it belonged there, uh-huh. and planted dandelions in the bowl of the toilet. I used some rocks and stuff so it would drain properly and grow there, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I put that right in the right front and center on the park strip. Where you think Amongst the, the dandelions. The where, 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 where suspect zero is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, there's yeah. a story that goes with this toilet, because I remember hearing about it. Oh. What happened to the toilet? Oh, well, so I set the toilet up, and then someone moved the toilet in the middle of the night, which is the other reason that suspect zero is suspect zero. Speaking of things that my elderly Mormon neighbors are not doing, lifting 70 pounds of toilet and rocks. Where did they move it? They just moved it into the yard, like not very far. <laughs> just like into my front yard. Like, hey, you know you got a toilet here. That's not okay. The, the, the part that really, The part that really gets my just pisses me off about that mm-hmm. is it's like they now somehow get to make decisions about my fucking yard yeah and i gotta tell you if you have good grass and you take really good care of it and you know all like the tricks good on you like that that's hard it's complicated i looked to see if to see if there was an easy lazy way to do it and there really isn't yeah um so good on you but your fucking rules about your fucking grass and right at the fucking property line. There is a line that determines exactly where it fucking ends. And it turns out that it's your property line. <laughs> and if I want a fucking toilet planter out in my yard, I'm going to have a fucking toilet planter in my yard. They're lucky they didn't get the fucking Harvest Gold one circa 1977. So does your property line include that park strip? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just make it better. I'm supposed to take care of it. I get in trouble if I don't. <laughs> well, so far, you just got an angry letter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to guess that this, this angry letter does not come from a legitimate authority. Legitimate authority is not being noted for their use of attempted shame. Or their anonymity. Or anonymity. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's a, a fair point, too. You know, I, I, it blows my mind. Like, who who can you who would you expect to send this to and get the results you want? I there's no one I can imagine especially, that re- reacts well to this. Especially someone who no one I think could react well to this. And then you know, let's be honest. If the person does know me, they're avoiding me because they know exactly how I'm going to react. <laughs> <laughs> they know exactly how Have this is going to go. Have you seen this neighbor since this letter has gone out? No, 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 no. no. 
I wave to everybody, and I'm trying to like I'm trying to like suss out is it somebody who like is ostensibly a friend and is acting yeah. weird? You know, you you get suspicious when shit like this happens. <laughs> See so, what my neighbor did, and I just realized this is I came home uh, two days ago, mm-hmm. and there was a flyer on my uh, door mm-hmm. for the neighborhood kid mowing lawns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's that's pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's neat." And then I, you know, that, as I sit here and I think about it, I'm like, "Did he really planted?" Yeah, I'm like, "Did he really make flyers and pass them around the neighborhood, or is this one that he just printed out and put on my door?" He's been targeted, Chuck, because it's his kid. <laughs> so that, so that that's my other theory about this is there's somebody who walks the neighborhood by day. <laughs> because it's PM pickup, right? So they had to yeah. drop it in a box during the day when normal a people. A day walker. Yes. You're dealing with a day walker. So someone's walking the neighborhood. Power the walking day. the neighborhood. Power, yes, right, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and they're and they're taking down the, the houses that have bad lawns. <laughs> like, I want to go up to one of the houses with dandelions and knock on the door and be like, this is a freaking, <laughs> this is a completely strange-ass question I'm about to ask you. Did you get hate mail about your lawn <laughs> because it has a few dandelions on it? <laughs> and there's part of me that's kind of hoping, you're like... Oh my god, yes. How did you know? I was like, because I got one too. Are you a lazy ass? Me too. Fist bump. <laughs> Let's stand on a sidewalk, drink beers, mm-hmm. <laughs> throw them in the yard. Do you want to borrow a toilet? <laughs> but yeah, so the, the, the other reason suspect zero is suspect zero is because he, me lifting that toilet is like, thunk. You know, yeah. it's, it's carry it 10 feet and swear profusely while doing it. Okay. An old person's not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, for now, for now, the toilet has been taken back down, you know, and one neighbor was like, yeah, we're not really enjoying looking at that. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry, but I got <laughs> Someone hate Someone actually brought it's it up. It's a principle. Well, I actually, I told him next door. I'm like, I'm going to put this here. Just so you know, I've got a toilet out there, as you probably noticed, and here's why. <laughs> He's like, okay. That's really crazy that they're sending you hate mail about a few weeds. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's getting real in the suburbs. <laughs> so I was like, you know, he's not. Jo- I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it back, and I just left it on a cart in the driveway. So I'm at FlushCon three. That's where you leave the bombers on the runway, uh-huh. you know, in case you need to deploy them at a moment's notice. <laughs> FlushCon. Yes, it's like DefCon three, but with a toilet. Okay. Mm-hmm. FlushCon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. You said flush con. I'm thinking like you mean like a porn convention? Because no, no, that's no, cool. No. <laughs> Are we going to that? I mean, my bachelor thing is, is due any time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. wow. So, so yeah, that's me, Todd. I need to mow my grass. Wheel nerds, wheel nerds producer, lazy ass. I gotta check to see if they've even turned on the water supply for the sprinklers. Oh, do you have secondary? Yeah, that's cool. It's May. I think they said May 1st. Mm-hmm. I gotta check. Well, you're supposed to be watering every day, Chuck. Yeah. You're gonna need to find a vaguely ethnic man to mow your lawn. I I know. I, I have a plan. Because oh. I bought a rioting mower. Really? I got me a fancy riding mower. Riding mower. I got a riding mower. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're gonna get a big sombrero? <laughs> no, I'm gonna get one of those beer hats. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just yeah. put it, put it, not your dad's in each side, put the straw in my mouth. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, that Chuck, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's a real suburban guy. I need to stick a mulching blade on it, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to ride this riding mower. <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw a big two brothers on it. 
<laughs> nice. And a horn. <laughs> Is it legal to have a horn on one of those that doesn't play that? No. Don't, doesn't that, don't they do that stock? You can choose Dixie or La Cucaracha. <laughs> I've got plants. But yeah, I got Ryan Moore because my backyard is too big. <laughs> I thought you don't you work out? Couldn't you get like a free workout that way? That's I don't do cardio. <laughs> Fair enough. Any for me, cardio is any set over five reps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pushing a mower, no. Okay, well, it, so you bought the mower, mm-hmm. so you've already got something cool. What if you had something else cool? Something like. A 1991 Suzuki Katana 600, plastic swapped, 205 Gixxer. What? Yeah. I would like a Katana with its stock plastic. No, you can have a Katana with Gixxer plastic, which clearly fits really well. That doesn't look anything like a Gixxer. Reposting. (laughs) I wonder why. Do tell. New tires, stunt bar risers, Yoshi pipe. Dented tank, new clutch cable, <laughs> not a feature. New K and Air, new wiring, new computer, new master link, new rear sets. Forty-six tooth rear sprocket with new front sprocket. Needs rear turn signals and back seat. Clean title. Bullshit. Offer, but no low balls. Nothing but low balls. <laughs> Thirty-three thousand miles. May consider trades if you're a giant idiot. <laughs> So I, 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 um, wow. what goes through your head? You're like, okay, so I've got this katana and I need to put a set of plastics on it. Do you just like have Gixxer plastics? Is that what happened? From his previous wreck? From his other wreck, maybe? Why are the gauges on the side? Because they can't mount to the bars anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because what? this is... <laughs> Why would you do your bars like that? Because it's 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 they're not actually mounted. Where's to the, bars. the front of the bike? That's the thing. The fairing's missing, and the fairing is where the gauges mount. Where's the front of the? Why not put the Gixxer front on? I love my favorite part about the Gixxer things on the katana, hands down, is the fact that not only do they clearly not fit, but like they don't even fit like the seat or anything. What's that green thing in the middle? That's painter's tape over the uh, airbox. Why? Because he's done probably the mod to the airbox. He's done one of the cut holes in the airbox mods. To make air flow more? Yeah, actually, with the Katanas and uh, second-gen Bandits, it's a fairly common way to modify the airbox. Okay. But if you do it wrong, it doesn't work very well. Okay. And so you put tape over it to fix it. (laughs) So he's done it wrong and he's attempted to fix it? Yes. Yes. You'll note he has the same tape holding in his rear uh, brake pads. Yeah, I see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And his front. Oh, and his front brake pads. Well, that makes it you know, speed tape, Chuck. Speed tape? Speed tape. Uh-huh. Yes, that green painter's tape, the frog tape stuff. Yeah. Yeah, speed tape. Speed tape. Speed tape. Uh, there's so much wrong with this. Mm-hmm. 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 It's, uh... It looks... It, it really does look like two wrong bikes put together. It looks like two bikes crashed together. I love the fact that he says Yoshi pipe, and it's one of those little shorty mufflers, which, you know, is, is more of a shorty can on the end of a pipe. Yeah, that's, uh... Muffler's probably over, it, overstating it. It just has a Yoshi sticker, mm-hmm. I, I think. I don't think there's... That's... Yeah, that, that in fact, looks exactly like the Chinese eBay pipe that I have <laughs> on the Bandit. Shorter than mine, but I, I, the construction is, is frighteningly similar. There's nothing clean about this bike, much less sure its title. No, no, look, look, at, look at how clean the, the paint on the fairings is. 
but the lower pharynx. Okay, this, okay, right here, between here and here, between where my fingers are, okay, let's, let's size that up. Okay, between here on the, you're this bit even, here is clean. You're not even on the bike anymore. Well, okay. Now you're look, talking oh. about the tree. Oh, that's right, that's the grass. <laughs> well, that's great grass. He must use weed be gone. <laughs> He cares about his lawn. This episode of Wheel Nerds is brought to you by Weed Be Gone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Look at all the things. He's got things, and they're colored on it. it. This could be, you could have a colored bike with things. Oh, my God. On it, Chuck. That's what. That's... Yeah, you need that Yosh pipe for your, for your, uh, for your riding mower. I think, I think it is, it's on you now. Uh-huh. So Peter uh, sent us this ad, mm-hmm. and he said, this looks like something from Eva. Because he is a giant nerd. It does look like the O1's paint job, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I don't know your nerd things. You guys are nerds. Oh, I just noticed something conspicuously missing from this bike. Never mind, it's not missing. It's on the ground. <laughs> you saw the chain. That would be the chain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, it has no chain. Oh, never mind. There it is. It's, I mean, it's next to it. But it's also missing a passenger seat. Or well, he says that. Yeah, the seat. And, and the, yeah. <laughs> I can't even look at this anymore. <laughs> I don't, I, no, no. So Kareem sent us the thing from Reddit. Because he's also a nerd. Mm-hmm. What is with the nerds? 6,500, well, why don't you tell us about this one, Chuck? This is a 2015 Honda Grom. Ooh, cool bike. Cool bike. $6,500. What? <laughs> My 2015 Honda Grom is for sale. $6,500 or best offer with clean title in hand. I am not interested in trades. Or getting any. And uh, parts list, and he proceeds to there's a bunch list of parts, a bunch of parts, and a, a bunch of ill-advised parts. And what we have here is a really ugly grom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, this is I, uh, um, my life was richer before this. Why grom. would you do that to a grom? Because you want it to look like a cool uh, stunta bike. Yoke. Okay, but why would you do that to a grom? So you don't you don't accidentally wheelie it. <laughs> I is that a, a problem with the Grom? Oh, all the time. Uh, is there? A, I wish there was a link to the original ad. Mm, mm. I keep wanting to click for more pictures. Yep. We want to see more, like a like a. Yeah, it's uh. Hmm, that's so. Why I, would you stretch a Grom out like that? So, I'm telling you, it's so so you can drag it. Oh, okay. Well, look at all the hop up stuff he's done on it. Now it's. I mean, the thing's got to be making like seventeen horsepower. <laughs> And that shit is over the top. There is a Grom race bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Excuse me. Race bars. That reminds me. I'm sorry. I fucked up. Hmm? Bug me gave me a handlebar for you to try on the bandit. Oh, really? It's in my garage. Oh, neat. I forgot to bring it. I have to come grab it. Yep. Very cool. Uh, but this is hideous. No. Yeah. No, I, I, it's got race bars with a Z. That's how you know it's... <laughs> no. It's, the kids, the kids biker love... Biker boys. The kids love bars. Biker boys. He's, he wants to be a biker boy. No. 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 Stop it. Stop it. And that's what it'll feel like. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> you find yourself without Buell. I do find myself without mm-hmm. Buell. How about a 2005 Buell Mutant Buell Lightning Hardtail Bobber Chopper? What? A Buell Mutant Buell Lightning Hardtail Bobber Chopper. B- b- <laughs> a 
bobber chopper. Well, like you haven't heard of the Buell Mutant Buell Lightning Hardtail Bobber Chopper? It, I keep hearing the music to uh, the one-eyed purple flying e- people eater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hardtail Bobber Chopper. Uh-huh. Everyone needs a Hardtail Bobber Chopper. Uh-huh, this is a going. 2005 Buell Mutant Buell Lightning Hardtail Bobber Chopper. <laughs> 2005 Coors Light Silver Bullet Hardtail Mutant Buell Mute Lightning, built by Infamous Choppers. Clean, regular PA title. Cool conversation piece. If any questions, please call this number. Don't and ask for someone. <laughs> One of a kind custom paint that looks like a Coors Light can. Coors Light Silver Bullet Detailing because you are clearly a classy individual. Go to speedometer. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> Super low miles because. No one wants to ride it. Side-mounted license plate. Now we know. Bottle openers. How fun! 1,200 cc's in accordance with standard procedure. Solo seating. No one will ride with you. Ever. (laughs) Stop in and leave with any one of our used motorcycles we have here at the shop. Over 200 to choose from and ready to ride. Not this one. Including the Mutant Buell Lightning Hardtail Bobber Chopper. No. The Buell Mutant Buell Lightning Hardtail Bobber Chopper. Why would you do this to a Buell? Um, because you couldn't find a sportster engine. <laughs> How could you not well, find a fairness, sportster engine? Well, in fairness, if it's in a custom frame, which it clearly is, yep. and you want a sportster engine that's actually kind of fast, I guess you get a Buell engine. Yeah. You know, I believe it was Eric who said, we made a lot of actually very fast sportsters. The, the, the world's fastest sportsters. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. yeah. The, but why mention, I don't know. No. Because, because it'll sell. I mean, it, Buell Mutant, Buell Lightning, Hardtail, Bobber Chopper is like half of the Google searches on Earth. <laughs> so, so you type in Buell in there and into Google and it'll start suggesting like Buell Mutant, Buell Lightning, Hardtail, Bobber Chopper. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I just need to go shoot myself mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Or you could go and buy a Buell Mutant Buell no. Hardtail Barber Chopper. No. no. Okay. I, you know, no. Stop saying it. I can't be held responsible for you not having a Buell Mutant Buell Hardtail Barber I'm Chopper. I'm going to hold you underwater. <laughs> Next up, we have a 2006 Victory Vegas 8-Ball Part Trade. Who has seen fit to put his <laughs> to flip it off? Hey, that's my jam. <laughs> Flipping off inanimate objects. Victory Vegas for sale. Super nice rims, low profile tires, less than twenty thousand miles on it. Lots of nice aftermarket goodies like hidden LED blinkers. Um, and Brembo brakes. A salvage title. Little scuff on the tank and an on pipe missing tank badge. On one side had scratches on it, so I took gets... it off. Have new seat coming from eBay. Have old Arlie's seat on it now, which is mighty comfy. Which is why I'm getting a new seat. Hundred cubic inch, all sorts of power. Uh-huh. And his his primary picture of this bike is him flipping it off. Him giving it the finger. Or maybe he's trying to cover up his license plate, so no one will come and steal this. But why use your middle finger? No, he's definitely flipping it off. He's. I think he's doing both. Ah. Oh, I oh. think he's doing both. But again, that's not making anyone want to buy your bike, pal. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's. Uh, that's not how it goes, friend. <laughs> let's try a little harder next this time. This is not how you do the one finger challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you'd be you'd be much better off. You know, would you do this if you had a Buell Mutant Buell Hardtail Barber Chopper? No. Oh God. That's my new favorite phrase. Oh God. Yeah, so there's there's the eight ball with the middle finger and the the I, I love my favorite one hidden LED blinkers. <laughs> let me just let me just throw this out. The function of blinkers is to be seen by other people. Just saying. It's, it's I know drastic statement to make. Well, it's but, like my super loud muffler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or my blacked out headlights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With yeah. the black light bulbs. Bulbs. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or or my um, non non working wipers. Non dairy creamer. My non dairy cream. My non working wipe. Alcohol free beer. Mm. That's what it's my mm. alcohol free beer. Yep. All right, we can we can get a 2008 Honda CBR 600 RR Bobber Custom, Chopper. not a Bobber Chopper, Bobber, just a Bobber Custom Bobber, Custom Bobber, custom. Bobber Custom Build, Bobber Custom Honda, not a hardtail Bobber Chopper, Honda CBR Bobber Custom, yes, which is code for cut the ass off. <laughs> oh my god, that ass is completely. I mean, gone. like literally cut the ass <laughs> oh off. Oh my god, like like from the seat back, it's conspicuously missing. I think some of the seat might be missing. Now it's a Bobber. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the seats that is gone. not what it means, FYI. <laughs> this bike was laid down. Wait for it. Come on, Chuck. This bike was laid down at low speed and turned into a bobber instead of refu- repairing the few fairings. Quote, $350 worth of parts. So let's take a chainsaw to the bike. Yes, we'll just cut the fucking something <laughs> off. It has been completely gone through and only has oh, 100 miles since built. <laughs> yeah, I have I a 10-month-old baby, so haven't ridden the bike in over a year. I bet it has why. a custom exhaust, custom lights, custom one-off built subframe. <laughs> built. Lipo battery, which means it's fat? I don't know. Uh, power not com- fat anymore. Power Commander, ASV levers, and only 8K miles. We'll trade, but no junk or BS. My bike is very nice, apart from the missing ass, and won't disappoint unless you want luggage. Why, Clean title. Why does he want to trade if he can't ride a bike? Because uh, he has a baby. He can't ride this one. Because <laughs> of the baby? It's actually not because of the baby. <laughs> Because it's, it's unreliable. I have a 10-month-old baby, so haven't ridden the bike in over a year. Yeah? Mm-hmm. 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 But, what? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, what? I'm just going to throw this out. I kept right on riding. <laughs> so did I. Yep. But, uh, you know, but then again, your bike had an ass. <laughs> your bike did not stop abruptly at the end of the seat. It's just, it's just missing. Bike. You, you know what happened here? What's that? I know what happened here. It was a low speed, mind you, tip over. That's very specific about that. That's not what happened here. Okay, what happened here? There was a jealous wife here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who saw someone else riding on the back of that bike. Ah, never again, Steve. There was a a new mother Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who saw someone else riding on the back of her man's bike. Jimmy, this will not happen again. (laughs) And she Er, took it er, upon er, herself. er, 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 Angle grinder. (laughs) She took it upon herself. <laughs> That's why he's willing to trade. Mm-hmm. He needs to get a bike he can put other people. I'd, I'd really, on. I'd really kind of like one with a, you know, a back. <laughs> Do you have bikes with a, you know, a you got back? bikes. All right. Well, that's okay. We can we can we can find you a better Grom though. We have a, yeah, we have another a Grom, Grom, a 2015 Honda Grom. Seven thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now proceed. I'm sure it's great. Twenty fifteen Honda Grom. Gumbazimo stretch kit with four point five inch link. Once again, we're stretched because, after all, you don't want your Grom wheeling its ass off uncontrollably. Uncontrollably wheeling. Ruckus fork adapters. NCY slammed front end because you don't want your Grom turning wildly. <laughs> RRGS front caliber, dirt racing chain, 420D, mm. Gambazimo triple rigid lights with bracket, Gambazimo Grom Z bars, Grom throttle crocking fringe, what? Grom SS kickstand, 
What? Mm-hmm. The Bix <laughs> Fender Eliminator. Okay. Olin's Rear Shock, newest version. Bride wrapped seat. Bride wrapped seat. Tiger belly pan. Compizimo starter okay. cover. Okay, I gotta stop you here. Get They're that making go. shit up now. <laughs> Get- they are. 100% making shit up. Kitako, I do, I kind of dig the headlight thing, I can't lie. Yeah, so I, they've taken they've taken an off-road uh, LED head, like, auxiliary light and mounted it in place of the headlight. Three of them. <laughs> three of them, yes. <laughs> I kind of dig that. They put an extended swing arm on it yeah. and a ruckus front end. No. Yeah. Because reasons. <laughs> because that big front, fat front tire will make it turn wicked good. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it won't wheelie. It's not going to wheelie. What the hell? Carbon, man, fiber, everything. Did they just? Did they just like move? Did, they, did people who do these awful things just to be like, you know what? The ruckus is played out. We're gromming. I think that's we're what grom I, now. I think that's what we're, happened. We're going completely grom. They now. went from grom to the mm-hmm. ruckus, yeah. or no, the ruckus to the grom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they went to the. I think that's because that's what we were seeing. That's at the why motorcycle has, shows. Yeah. All the ruckus builders are building groms. Yeah, that's why he has the ruckus front end actually. Because he, he got all these parts. Around. Yeah, he's got parts left over. From all yeah, I gotta burn. I gotta burn these parts somehow. So the trip composimal triped rigid triple rigid lights with bracket. The the people making these composite what's it's making these grams have got to be making just huge amounts of money on this. and laughing and laughing laughing so his, hard all the way to the bank <laughs> every time they pick up the phone. LOLOL, I've got this extended swing arm. This looks kind of like a swing arm from a CB. <laughs> <laughs> It's not. It's a Kampazimo. Mm, it's fancy. Kampazimo. Kampazimo. Yep. Grom. Grommity grom. So we have a guest. Yes, we do. Okay, so we're on with Pat Jacks? Jackie? Jakes. 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 Pat mm-hmm. Jakes. I was totally pronouncing it Jacques. Well, that's, it's got the French spelling. So mm-hmm. Pat Jakes of ADVwoman.com. Um, hi, Pat. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and you? Uh, well, Todd put a nail through my hand. I didn't put yeah. a nail through your hand. Well, you put part of your fence through my hand. Well, that was I could, <laughs> couldn't be helped. Or that bag of sand you you reverse psychology me into picking up, put a <laughs> part of the railing through my hand. Are you guys joined at the hip or something? <sighs> no, only no. once a week. No, what? You're once a week we fight like him. an old married couple. That's how okay. it goes. <laughs> All right. So, so Pat, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's start with what you're riding these days. Uh, well, it kind of depends on on what I'm. Well, I have three di- three different bikes right now. My little single track bike is a KTM 350 XCFW. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mid sized bike is a Husqvarna 701 Enduro, mm-hmm. and my big adventure bike is a KTM 1190R. So, you know, I like to have the right tool for the right job. I'm sensing a trend <laughs> here, Pat. I'm not going to lie. Adventure? <laughs> I'm not hearing, and I have a the Goldwing. One. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I'm, I, I enjoy road riding, and I've had cruisers and V-twins, and, and I did a little bit of speedway racing, and I've done, a, you know, you know but, but my heart is always on, in the dirt, and I definitely love being on the dirt more than in the, on pavement. Well, like your bio says, you've been riding motorcycles since you were eight. So that's at least 12 years. 12, 12 now. It possibly, might be 13 now. Possibly 15 years of riding motorcycles. The part that really sticks out to me looking at it is you were recruited to start teaching to ride at age 14. Yeah. You know, Yamaha who Motorcycles. Teaching? Yamaha Motorcycles. But uh, who, who were your students? 
I'm trying to. I'm imagining like big burly forty year old dudes. And she comes well, up. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> now what was really cool is Yamaha had a learn to ride program, and they uh, they did a weekend training program when people would show up and. You'd spend a couple hours with them and, and teach them how to ride. And I actually got to teach my middle school physical education teacher how to ride a motorcycle. Yep. And I, I taught her and her family and both of her sons how to ride, which was really cool. How <laughs> unusual is it for someone that young to be a teacher in their program? Um, you know, I don't know. I uh, it was the the local Yamaha shop in South Carolina. I used to hang out up there, and Yamaha had these this national program. And when they came to my neighborhood, they needed instructors, and and I had been racing, um, you know, for quite a few years already. And and so I guess they just decided to recruit me, and the price was right. You know, I was free labor. So mm -hmm. oh, okay, <laughs> it looks great on a balance sheet. What was your first motorcycle at age uh, eight? When I was eight, I had a little uh, mini bike that had a Tecumseh four horsepower uh, motor in it. Like and my snowblower. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I actually, uh, you know, we always believed in wearing all the gear all the time. But back then, I didn't have a helmet or anything, so uh, we wore <laughs> football helmets, right? And uh, so I have a great picture of me in black and white where I'm wearing penny loafers, jeans, and a football helmet. <laughs> There are hipsters today who would kill for that look. You they know that. They still right? would do that. They'd pay hundreds of dollars for that look. Okay, yeah. I gotta go off on a quick tangent. You started riding motorcycles at eight. When did you learn to ride a bicycle? Uh, I don't know. Uh, she she actually still can't. It's a sore <laughs> subject, Chuck. God, why did you have to bring it up? Uh, you know, I don't know. I I I guess I know. I used to ride my bicycle to, to school, so. But I grew up in Germany, so, I mean, we walked everywhere. Um, my daughter is eight years old. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know how to ride a bike. She has no interest in learning how to ride a bike. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I guess it's just a family thing because my uh, great-nephew, Grady, when he was two and a half, we already had him riding a mini bike. And my great-niece, Adeline, is, um, when she was two and a half or three, we started her on the motorcycle with training wheels. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and I both of them serious. now, uh, Grady, I think, is five, and Addie is four. And both of them ride, um, gosh, little PW50s and a, a little KTM50. And, you know, they're they're five and four, and they're riding already. So, I mean, it. I guess it's just part of the makeup of being a Jake's. <laughs> the, the picture is forming, Pat. You're the cool aunt, aren't you, where the parents are like, uh, maybe you, and you're like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny is uh, I think I'm the, the, the cool aunt, but my brother and I, you know, <clears throat> we're both, um, we, we've competed against each other all our lives. And you can put us on little mini bikes. It's kind of funny. We get around in the backyard. We were riding the grandkids around, his grandkids, my, my great niece and nephew. And uh, I had Addie on the front of the mini bike with me, and he had Grady with him. And we're running laps in the backyard racing each other, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It just doesn't stop. Well, you get you get them you get them hooked on bikes early. They never have time or money for drugs, right? Uh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And they learn, you know, and, and they stay out of trouble because they're having to work to earn money to, to buy the, the fuel and all that. And, oh, and uh, gas and a new chain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I remember I used to get a quarter a week uh, for allowance and then gas prices went up and I, I had to go talk to my dad and ask him, you know, I needed a raise to 50 cents a week so that I could afford to buy the gas for my mini bike. <laughs> And he's like, Pat, maybe if you had more than two throttle positions that you used, you would get more mileage. <laughs> That's where she learned throttle control. Right, right. Um, yeah, it was pretty much on and off. <laughs> so what's the impetus behind ADV Woman? The impetus behind ADV Woman is... Um, Fancy word, right? Good, right? Like right, that, right? Good job. Right. Thank you. It's... Uh, yeah, I'm impressed. You know, I, I didn't think that guys that rode bikes you know, used big words off very often. So Haven't, this is no. impressive. <laughs> it was a whole um, three syllables, three, four syllables. Oh, don't hurt yourself. Great. Damn it. So my my passion is empowering women. And the vehicle for that, the tool that I use for that is motorcycling. Because, you know, that that's what I've done my entire life. And uh, women... Ha- are more and more women are riding motorcycles, and a, a lot of women now are uh, transitioning over into the adventure and the dirt world. Still, the majority of women who ride motorcycles right now are still on road bikes, but um, there seems to be a real push lately uh, to get off the beaten path, and there's a lot of people who are being um, uh, intrigued by the idea of traveling around the world. And, you know, 90% of the world's roads are not paved, so hmm. if you're limited to pavement, you really are limited, but when you can get off road and and then it opens up an entire world of adventure. So, um, ADV Woman is about, um, you, you know, the more I work with it, the m- more clear I am on what it's all about. But in in the motorcycle industry, there's this whole trend of shrink it and pink it when it comes to women. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. I'm using yeah. this at work tomorrow. Right, but. But here's the thing, um, women, the, the whole thing about training women how to ride motorcycles and teaching them how to ride motorcycles, uh, it's just like shrink it and pink it. We're still using, we're using the same methodology, teaching methodology. Everything is sort of um, uh, targeting, we're teaching women as if they were men, and we're not. Um, women learn differently from men. Women develop confidence differently from men. Physically, we're different from men, and we can do all the things that the men can do, but oftentimes we have to do it differently. And I have found as an instructor that what feels like step one for a guy can oftentimes feel like step four for a woman. Um, and and I, you know, men develop confidence. I call it, uh, uh, my, my word for it is conquer. Uh, they don't know anything about what they're doing, but by God, they're going to go do it. So they grab it by the handlebars and they go out and somehow they manage to, to do whatever they were attempting to do and not kill themselves. So they develop confidence. Clearly, she did not see me on the first day of the BRC. <laughs> Most women, on the other hand, they want to know information and they want lots of information and they want to they won't try something until they feel like they have a degree of knowledge and skill. Mm. So, you know, breaking things down into smaller pieces um, is, is different. And, and so it's, uh, 
I think my teaching, teaching methodology, how I teach is different, and um, the way I teach different skills is different. Um, women have 40% less upper body mass, muscle mass than men do. So, you know, a pound of female muscle and a pound of male muscle generates the same amount of power. But we have 40% less muscle in our upper bodies than the guys do. So what can feel normal and easy for an average guy can be incredibly difficult for even a very fit woman. So, you know, a guy will say, well, just do this. And they have no idea that it, it's tough, you know. So I teach women to ride from the feet up. Uh, we, I teach women to only use their upper body if they have to. It's kind of a last resort, and um, I don't even, whether you're riding a road bike or a dirt bike, I teach women to use their feet and their legs a lot more. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's, um, so the impetus behind ADV Women is getting more women out there enjoying themselves, riding safely and feeling confident and being capable and self-reliant. I think I would do better in classes geared toward women. I don't like to do things without knowing a whole bunch of stuff about yeah. them first. Yeah, so, so I, I'm intrigued here, and, and I, I, I will fully confess that I, I'm actually taking notes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm thinking of classes. Uh, so my, my most recent class was uh, six women and three guys. Um, you know, and I guess I always thought of it as I, I I'm a frequently say, you know, motorcycling is the ultimate leveler. It doesn't actually matter if you're male or female. It's all about skill. Although what you said on the surface sounds kind of to fly a little in the face of that in terms of its skill is developed differently. So could you, could you expound a little more on that? Because I'm very interested in your, your observations there and what you find does and doesn't work. Well, um, think about uh, collegiate athletes. You know, there's a, re a reason that, uh, in, let's say in the sport of basketball, where, you know, they're pretty similar sports between the men and the women. Uh, men's basketball coaches are not successful coaching women, and women's basketball coaches are not successful coaching men. They do not cross over. The reason for that is because men and women learn differently, and athletically they're different. different. So even though, you know, a jump shot is a jump shot is a jump shot, um, the way that you teach that is different for a man and versus a woman. Um, the other thing that I've, uh, I have observed uh, working with men is that you tend to have to prove yourself to a man before he'll listen, um, whereas women will accept you at face value and listen right off the bat. And I just had this experience uh, on a ride where, you know, I was riding with uh, some guys and, and they knew what my background was and, and asked for some pointers and I gave them some pointers and then immediately it was, yeah, but, and I said, Okay, you asked for pointers. I gave you pointers. Yeah, but. And I said, all right, fine, you know, do what you want to do. And it wasn't until like. <laughs> and then three one days... went over the cliff. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't until three days later. And, and I was kind of, I, I was hanging back and riding sweet because I wasn't working. I was vacationing. I was just enjoying myself. <laughs> And about, you wanted to see him go over the side. No, no, I, I didn't. It's just, you know, I, 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 uh, I, I wasn't teaching. I was on vacation. So, so about three days later, um, I finally quit riding sweep and busted it out and started riding a little bit. And when we, when we stopped, he says, man, you've got skills. And I just looked Duh. at him and I said, uh, thanks. I appreciate that. And 
three days later, he finally started doing what I suggested that, that he do. So he wasted three days beating himself up and struggling and not doing a skill that if he would have simply, you know, listened to begin with and accepted me at face value, I could have saved him three days worth of struggle. But and and that's pretty typical with guys. Um, they, uh, they 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 uh, seem to need to prove. A, I don't know. It just seems like there's always some level of competition going on there. But. You know, women and, and the thing about women accepting people at face value, that's sort of a double edged sword, too, because they'll oftentimes assume that a guy knows what he's talking about when they're coaching <laughs> them, and, and maybe the guy doesn't. So, you know, they're getting bad information and, and bad coaching and they're just assuming that it's that it's good, you know. And and I also think and I, I go right back to this shrink it and pink it um, most of the women don't realize that um, that there are different options. You know, sixty uh, percent of all women uh, tend to take uh, motorcycle training, but most of the instructors uh, that ah! keep- spider in the office. Uh, hang, hang on, minor emergency. Why did you point that out to me? I just saw it. I wanted to. Say- One sec, Pat. Excuse us. What we're talking? Oh God! Don't bring it next to no, me. No, it's okay. Don't. <laughs> Holding it up, holding. Oh God, it's moving. Jeez. Sorry, we're cool. No, don't right. put no, it no, over the garbage cans over there. No, I don't care. Okay, sorry, we're good now. We're both desperately afraid of spiders. Um, <laughs> which, Here, which you put this over there? You put that? No, I don't want. I don't want it either. Here, put it behind God you. Damn it, no, it's gonna come up behind me. I, well, I don't want it to come up behind me. I, this is the part where I really wish we were doing this just for a gag. Now I gotta sit sideways. <laughs> uh, but, okay. Do you have any guns? No. Sorry, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you can All you right. can feel free to tell this story sometime. <laughs> so, so, so the men, so the men, there's always this this aspect of competition, and the women will tend to believe when they explain something. It's kind of, it's kind of the um, what do they call that? The mansplaining thing, right? Mansplaining. Yeah. Let yeah. me. Let me explain to you about teaching people, Pat, despite the fact that you're probably, you know, much more experienced at it than I am. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all, it always, it seemed, it's so funny. I mean, I, I, I did this trip recently with three guys, and it was just so funny watching them sort of um, jockey with each other and, and position <laughs> and, you know, and I just kind of sit back and smile. I mean, it, it's, we're wired differently, and it, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's different. It just is. So, um so yeah, yeah. Cool. Are you sure you killed it? Uh, reasonably sure. <laughs> now I'm gonna keep looking. God damn it, Chuck's still looking. <laughs> We're gonna just take that bag out. It's empty except for the spider. <laughs> you need to light it on fire. That's what you need to do. <laughs> okay, so so the ADV women rally. Now, now I guess one of the questions I have with the the thing that immediately springs to mind with adventure bikes is I think of a few of my woman rider friends. One of them rides an adventure bike because she's relatively tall, Missy. And then I think of like Paris and Heather and Paula, and all of them can see the top of the seat of the Strom. Right. But like you know they have to they have they have to like need a step to get up to it. So is there. Is that a barrier to entry for women in the ATV world? Is the bikes are tall and it's a problem, and if you lower them, you bottom out? Um, yeah, I mean, seat height is a challenge on an off-road bike. Uh, if you're inseam challenged, I I only have a 29-inch inseam, uh, 
But and it's still more so, than Claire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so yeah. There is a there is a shortage of bikes that are um, are designed for <laughs> yeah exactly there's a shortage of bikes designed for inseam challenge people but you know there's more and more of them out available mm-hmm. uh, almost every single adventure well I won't say almost every BMW um, GS model comes in a factory lowered edition mm-hmm. uh, and then sometimes you go with a smaller motorcycle like a, a Yamaha XT. 250 or um, uh, Suzuki DR200, you know, there are some smaller displacement uh, bikes that can be set up for women. But I, I will say the first thing that we teach women is not to stand on the bike like they're on a road bike. The first thing we teach them is to only put one foot down. Tripod. So, sure. yeah. You know, right off the bat, we're we're teaching them to scoot their butts over and just get one foot down. Because if you think it's going to be like a road bike where you're sitting there on your butt and you're going to have you're going to be flat footed, that's just not going to happen. Mm. You know, uh, generally I try to if I can get one foot, the ball of one foot down, then then that's good enough. <laughs> and and I I actually got a phone call from a woman um, a couple three weeks ago uh, asking me if she should buy a two inch lowering kit for her motorcycle and I said oh, that's pretty extreme what's the problem and she says well I just don't feel real stable and and after I was talking to her for a bit she was trying to ride it like a road bike she mm-hmm. would stop and sit in the middle of the seat and you know when I I, I suggested that she um, well she is coming to the rally so that will be one of the things we're working on but I just you know told her over the phone what the technique was and said just you know get the bike in the garage and just practice without the thing even running, you know, just practice scooting from one side to the other and just landing on one foot. And I'll tell that to you even if you're six feet tall, because when you're riding an off-road bike, it's only a matter of time before you stop someplace and there's a hole, and mm-hmm. you better, you know, be able to very quickly shift to one side or the other and get that foot, you know. So, yeah, I, one of the things that uh, that's happening right now in the industry is that uh, there's a real push for entry-level bikes, the smaller um, smaller displacement, Kawasaki versus 300, the BMW uh, GS310. Mm-hmm. I think there's another one that came out that's, uh, you know, the versus dual. was coming out. It has a 250 or 300 she version. She just mentioned the versus. The, it's yeah. the, uh, the, one, the one Payne has. What's that one? The Chinese? <laughs> I'm sorry, Pat. Let me mansplain to you about what bikes are available. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's oh right. God! We'd <laughs> be that guy, know, Chuck. Yeah, what's nice guy. is there is there uh, is that they're V twins or parallel twins, so you don't get the vibration of a thumper, you know. And they're they're making them so that the, that they're designed for for people who are a bit inseam challenged. So that need is need is being met. The the area that there's a bit of a challenge right now is there are smaller statured women who are highly skilled. So that's been uh, a trouble spot to to have a, a high performance motorcycle for a woman who is smaller statured. Sure. Uh, but I, I will say the Honda Africa Twin is is a good option uh, for a woman who is is skilled and needs a high performing performing motorcycle yet is not particularly tall. You know, whereas uh, a big person is probably going to feel a little bit crunched up on the Africa Twin. So you know, there's more and more options out there. That's oh, Paula, are you I'm, listening? I'm trying to. There's the BMW, the Kawasaki. Yeah, there's the one Payne has that uh, CSC, whatever it is. So the CSC. Yeah, because I um, actually I want to go back to the training real quick. Yeah, hit the train. Um, would do you think it'd be more beneficial for women to take a women's only class? 
then rather than trying to have the instructions sort of split up to match the the different ways the genders learn? Well, um, we actually give our women at the rally a choice of either working in an all-woman group or in a mixed group. Um, Some women prefer to train with women, and then uh, other women want to be able to work with a spouse or partner, which is great, you know, because when I work with uh, a spouse or partner, uh, it's awesome to be able to give them both the same language and teach them both the same techniques. And that's one of my favorite things is to work with husbands and wives because, you know, typically they're not having much fun when they're riding together and they're griping at each other. But when you can teach them the same techniques and the same language and teach them to be able to support each other and help each other, then, you know, then they're both having a lot more fun. And I get a real kick out of that, you know. Um, and, and I'll say, you know, there are some women, myself included, uh, I'm going to thrive in an environment. Uh, I still go to training all the time. I just went to Jimmy Lewis training this past December, and it's it's men's training. And I'm not intimidated by it. I, I know my skills, and, and, um, and I've... And, and I've, you know, I've been around long enough that I'm not just going to kind of sit back like a wallflower. And if I have questions, I'm going to ask. And if I, if I do good, I'm fine. And if I fall on my face, I'm fine. But um, a lot of women are a little intimidated by that. So uh, I really think it's an individual thing. Um, and it's, it, that's why we give uh, our, our riders a choice at the ADV Woman Rally. Do you find, is there one choice that's more popular than the others? No, both both sections of our classes were full last year. Okay. Yeah, we maxed out. And we had, you know, I got rave reviews from the guys that came with their spouses last year. Um, we had, uh, I think, six or eight husband and wife teams that attended. Hmm. And all they really want is to be able to enjoy riding with each other. And uh, they really love the fact that they both learned the techniques so that, they learned them the same way so that they could, you know, critique each other. And, and that's part of what you want to do is you want to be able to be uh, uh, learn on your own. You don't, you know, you don't want to just stagnate. You left the class and now whatever skill level you're at, you're stuck. It's really nice when you can, when they can help each other and they can continue to grow and, and improve. And, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So now uh – I guess the counterpoint to that, I, I'm thinking of some of the classes I have, and I, you said husband and wife, and you said you like it, and I immediately started cringing, because I have some couples that do okay together. I also have couples I, I, I kind of have to, like, separate, because you get the, the, you know, the spouse coaching going on in some direction or another. Often the man coaching the woman, the man coaching the man, women coach. I've had all three, actually. But... Right. <laughs> You get you get the one spouse who's doing better than the other, and they start doing the well, honey. You should. And I'm like, e- I. Mm. You know, we had that happen uh, with one couple last year, and it didn't take very long for the guy to um, sort of find out that he didn't have quite the skill that he thought he had, and <laughs> and um, and then we very gently and diplomatically suggested that he just al- allow us to coach his wife and watch and listen to how we coach his wife because I do truly believe he wanted to help. Sure. And he didn't know how. And, and you know, who knows? Maybe in some small way it helped them be able to communicate better in their relationship or whatever. But um, 
I really think it's important. Good instructors change their teaching methodology and style uh, to match each student. Sure. Um, some instructors, you know, this is their spiel, and that's what you get regardless of, of who the student is and regardless of who the audience is. Hmm. If you're really a skilled instructor, you can um, sort of bounce back and forth in different styles so that you give uh, have a most effective um, experience for each student. Sure, you, you teach your military class very differently from the way you teach your class of, you know, hipster millennials. <laughs> And you're going to have military and millennials in the same class. So and now gotta, they're, they're a thing, too, yeah. Right? So now, you you got to be able to and, – and see, that's one of the things that, that I find interesting is I think that there's a lot of skills that people come into motorcycling and they don't realize that they already know a lot of things. Hmm. So, for example, if I know that you are an alpine skier – Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, then I can – I'll say, okay, in alpine skiing, you know how you stand over your ski and you're balanced? Yeah, uh-huh. Well, that's the same way you're standing on the motorcycle. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice. Or if you're a horseback rider, if you're an equestrian, you know how you keep your weight in your feet and and you're you're using your knees and and this that and the other. It's the same thing on the motorcycle. Uh, if you're a skateboarder, I mean, that's what I do. I it, and I teach my instructors when I train my instructors is you know we we have conversations with our students and try to get to know them. If you can develop confidence by uh, by getting people to understand that they already have skill that they didn't think that they had from some other uh, type of activity, then you're ahead of the game because it's if you think you can or can't, you will. So, you know, the more confidence that they come in with, the better they're going to do. And the more they'll be willing to try, because now they start to trust you, that maybe she knows what she's talking about. Exactly. And I, I will say character. this. And I, I will say this. The women oftentimes are way better than what they think they are. Um, oh, yes. And Ooh, lots of there's there. And I'll, I'll jump in here just because I I don't have any data to support this, but it feels like a higher percentage of women seem to have that personality where when they get panicky, and, and they're doing great, and then they get panicky, and things go apart. Um, whereas the guys will sort of, you know, try to tough it out, and they still suck when they're panicky, but it seems to be less prevalent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking I'm, about, I'm right? That, yeah, that I do. panic monster I do. person. I'm you very know, panicky. I think, <laughs> yeah, especially when there's the a spider, spider involved, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't start with the spider. We're still, oh, God, she just reminded me of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still sitting sideways. It's still there. Why are you doing that? I'm just looking to see if it's still there and it's going to jump out and attach itself to my face or not. And then I have to kill you. I wish I had video of this. Dang it. Why are we just doing this on audio? Because we don't you, want you, people to see stuff It would be so much more entertaining like to watch. That particular bit would have because Chuck's scream was not at all faked. No, it wasn't. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, where were we? Um, the, yeah, the monsters the panic, panicking. You know, what I have found is that um, if a woman, when a woman falls, instead of going back one step, you have to go back two or three and start mm -hmm. over again. Mm -hmm. Whereas if a guy falls, you go back to the step, one step and start over again. Um, and, and, and again, we're making gross generalizations here. There's sure, always yeah. women that, and men, you know, you, there's always going to be differences here. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, the, the thing about it is, is, when it comes to motorcycling, women seem to think that in order to be good, you have to be fast. Mm. And 
And a lot of women are really, really good riders, but they're not that fast. And they just think that they suck because they're not fast. And when you tell them, man, you have amazing balance. Holy cow. Do you have any idea how much harder it is to execute this turn slow like you just did than if you did it at speed? And they're like, no, nobody's ever told me that before. So so oftentimes we have to tell women two and three and four times that they're better than they think they are because they've not heard that before. You know, they've just heard about, oh, yeah, I kicked John's ass because I, you know, I flew past him. And, and so they think that that speed equals skill. And that's not the case at all. There's a lot of guys that think that, too. Oh, yeah. That's a frequent one to have to beat out of – I mean, to (laughs) coach students gently in the the wrongness of (laughs) – You know, momentum comes in handy in in certain situations, but there's going to come a time if you're always doing everything with momentum where that crutch is not going to be available, where you actually have to have the real skill. And um, and then – you know, if if all you do is rely on mo- momentum, you're going to fail miserably. Um, you know, I just think about a, a, a ledge on at the apex of a deep sand turn. You know, all of a sudden you don't have momentum. Momentum that same ledge, if you're on a straight line, you just slam into it, and somehow momentum's going to carry over it. But if you're at the apex of a sandy turn, well, guess what? You got to know how to get the bike turned quickly and wait and unweight the wheel and push the bike over and, and your body English and all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's different. So we should probably talk about the rally a little bit more. Oh, fine. <laughs> I'm enjoying just talking to Pat. God, I don't know my fun. So the, the rally is happening in July, uh, the 20th through the 23rd, right? Yes. In uh, Granby, Colorado. Ooh, great riding country. Right. Right. Yeah. um, You know, we're in the heart of some of the best uh, motorcycle riding uh, in in the world right here. Uh, The format of the rally is uh, we're we're doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, We're doing on-range rider training. We're teaching adventure essentials, which is for the big adventure class. We're bikes. uh, Excuse me. We're teaching adventure essentials, which is fundamental skills on the big adventure bikes. We're teaching dirt bike essentials, which is fundamental skills on uh, little single-track dirt bikes. We're also teaching BDR essentials, backcountry discovery route essentials, which is an advanced class where we're going to be teaching things like uh, water crossings, ruts, uh, extreme uphills, extreme downhills, uh, how hairpin turns, and how to ride uh, in groups. Um, and that class actually... Uh, is a smaller class. We're full. That one's already full. But we still have lots of slots available for the fundamental adventure and dirt bike classes. We're also teaching, you know, there's so much more. When you're riding in the backcountry, there's so much more that you have to know than just how to ride the motorcycle. So we have classroom sessions on how to fix a flat, mm-hmm. moto camping, GPS navigation, uh, uh, first aid, trailside first aid. Uh, how to load and unload uh, uh, the motorcycle from a truck or trailer. Um, for fun, we're going to be teaching uh, travel photography. But the whole idea is that there's a whole bunch of skills involved in riding an adventure bike or um, dirt bikes where you're out in the backcountry by yourself. You have got to know how to handle situations. You know, you have to be capable. You have to be self-reliant. So we're teaching all those skills. Um, we also are going to have... Uh, 
I think this year we're going to have about five different dual sport route, four dual sport routes, and then one single track route. Uh, we'll have a road book and we'll have GPS tracks. And uh, so there'll be a bunch of fun rides that people can do. Uh, we do a geocache scavenger hunt along those routes where there's different sites that people can Instagram pictures in from different places with different landmarks and get points. And uh, we'll have an award ceremony Saturday night and a DJ dance party. So, uh, yeah, it's there's a lot going on. All, all the meals are catered. Um, so we'll have delicious food and just be able to relax and enjoy ourselves and our new moto friends. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So now, I, 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 what I'm hoping is an obvious question, but you know, if if women are coming to the rally, it's okay to bring along some guys, right? Yeah, we are a female and family friendly event. Uh, we definitely enjoy having uh, men who are, you know, respectful and are wanting to to learn and and be a part of the community. Uh, one of one of the reasons that I put together this rally, I mean, first of all, at the ADV Women Rally. Women are the focus. They're not an afterthought. Hmm. But I had spoken to quite a few women who were reluctant to go on group rides or go on rallies because they didn't feel safe. They felt like they were constantly getting hit on. Um, they, you know, so so we really, really enjoy this being a family environment and having uh, men who are not lurkers, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, no heavy breathers. yeah, exactly. You know, and 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 there's a it's just about having a good time and, and feeling safe, because I have talked to quite a few women who will not do rallies. They won't go on rides um, just because of uh, previous experiences that have not been so pleasant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. This is this is one of those ones where we're both going, hmm, because, you know, that the. I'm a six foot tall guy. I don't feel particularly threatened basically anywhere. On the other yeah. hand, I feel like I would learn a lot better. Oh yeah. Taking like a the classes the way she's describing the, the lots and lots of detail up front. And, yeah, yeah. Right. Because I am not and, the confident dive into something kind of person. You know the other the other thing that I found is that um, in the adventure world. Uh, the baby boomers are are a large contingent of riders. And so when you take people that are basically silver hairs, and maybe they've been riding road bikes their whole life. And now Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> well, you know, when you're 20 years old and you fall down, uh, you, you bounce right back up and you don't even remember that you fell down. When you're 50 or 60 and you fall drunk. down... It, uh, yeah, exactly. When you're 50 or 60, you fall down and, you know, you need help getting up. And then the next day your body hurts. So uh, Stop a looking lot, at me. Yeah. So so a lot of the people that I work with, uh, male and female, just want that detail because they're past that, you know, grip it and rip it mentality. Hmm. And they're um, they're wanting to learn in a bit more controlled environment. Yes. And I. I was at the KTM rally last year, and there there was a guy that was taking a class with another instructor, and and he clearly was, um, you know, uh, not confident and was a little worried about uh, about crashing. And I, I took him aside, and within you know three minutes, you know, showed him a few things and and gave him some pointers and broke it down into little pieces, parts. And next thing you know, he went right up the hill and did what he was supposed to do, and all he needed was that 
little bit of um, extra support. And, you know, I got a big grin and a big thumbs up from the guy, which just made my day. Um, because he, he wasn't even willing to try it because he was afraid of, of falling down and getting hurt. And I can't blame the guy, you know? Fear's a, fear's a powerful motivator, and it, it, it kind of preys on people. Yeah. Sneakily, yeah. too. <laughs> Little yeah. day as we keep looking back at the spider. <laughs> Do tell. So, uh, yeah, so the rally is, uh, the whole focus is women. Everything about the rally is different. You, you know, I was thinking about this today because I'm getting ready to uh, get the T-shirts designed. You know, whenever I go to a, any other motorcycling event, there's these so-called unisex T-shirts, right? <laughs> Which, so basically, it's a guy's shirt, right? Well, I'm laughing because rally, my wife. Yeah, they right. wouldn't work with my girl either. <laughs> at our rally last year, we had women's T-shirts and men's T-shirts. Mm-hmm. So the men got men's T-shirts and the women got women's T-shirts. Can you imagine the pushback we'd get if we tried to give the guys women's shirts? <laughs> Right? You know what? I, Pat, right? this, this is a it. danger I'm willing to face. If only I can be there when it happens. I'd wear it. <laughs> with the little, with the little, like, the, the cap sleeve thingies? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'd do it. I right. Would, I would totally right. do it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's just expected that women are going to suck it up and accept that we're going to wear guys' shirts where the, where the sleeves go down to our elbows. Mm-hmm. And they fit us like a box instead of fitting our curves. Right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody bitches, nobody complains. But if we reversed it and gave guys all women's shirts, there'd be so much pushback, it wouldn't even be funny. So, again, we we had high-quality shirts. This were, These were not cotton shirts. These were wicking performance shirts that okay. people actually wanted to wear. Yeah. You know, we had high-end gourmet catered meals um, so that – the ladies could actually enjoy themselves and wouldn't have to be cooking and, and, and preparing meals. Uh, yeah. And, and it, was, it, it was just so much fun. There were no egos involved. Cletha Wallstrom is a retired attorney, and uh, she came to the rally last year, and, and she said that it was top-notch, that uh, there was no drama, that uh, there weren't any egos, that she learned a ton, that the it was gourmet food. And, and I mean, this is, uh, Cleve has done a bunch of iron butts and has traveled all over the world on road bikes and on, on adventure bikes. And, um, she thought that it was just a wonderful experience. Wait, Pat, are you, are you saying that, that lawyers ride adventure bikes? Yeah. Like BMWs? They do. The hell you say? KTMs? Yeah, they do. Do also dentists ride these bikes? Perhaps podiatrists, uh, ear, nose, know. and throat specialists, maybe. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing dentists, bricklayers, nurses, carpenters. I think all walks of life are attracted to these bikes. She's just diplomatically dodging that one. Right? <laughs> and around. <laughs> well, actually, what she did is she put her weight on her feet and she tipped the bike in and kept the. <laughs> and she went right around it with no with no drama, despite there being a rut. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm looking at the the registration form for the uh, the rally because mm-hmm. this is actually sounding really interesting to me now, <laughs> and I'm so tempted to just click the women's only class because <laughs> I'm a this is me daring you to get the women's XL shirt. 
You might need the double X. Well, you know, you can come to the women's only class, but you're going to have to make a quick trip by Trinidad before you head over here. I have long hair. I can I can make this work. I'll just shave my beard. I got the long hair. Tell them you're Charlene. I, I work out in a gym. I did. I had a problem with a steroid cycle. You know how it goes. No, I don't. <laughs> Not, no. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you seen Jim Carrey's uh, uh, thing? Yeah, just like that. <laughs> All right, so so people should definitely check out advwomen.com. Um, and then there's something going on immediately after the rally, right? There's a uh, the uh, that 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 background to discovery thing is leading up to something, isn't it? Right. So everything at the rally this year is focused on developing skill to so that women can have the experience of doing the Colorado backcountry discovery route. You know, nobody wants to train just for the sake of training. The truth is people want to do rides and some of the most spectacular rides in the country are the backcountry discovery routes. So I've teamed up with Elisa Clickinger at Women's Motorcycle Tours and we are leading the first ever all woman uh, tour of the Colorado backcountry discovery route. And the BDR goes from the Wyoming border uh, north of Steamboat Springs all the way down to the Four Corners area of Colorado um, uh, south of Cortez. And it's a uh, 95% off-road. It's a mixture of um, forestry service roads, county roads, uh, two-track Jeep roads. Uh, there are some very challenging days. Uh, we will be hitting elevations of over 12,000 feet. Uh, the scenery is spectacular. I, I would put the scenery on the COBDR up against scenery of any place in the world. Um, and and our, our first tour sold out before we actually started widely advertising it. Uh, this is a premium tour. We have uh, 10 slots and it's a supported tour. We have a a SAG vehicle that carries our luggage and we'll be staying at hotels and we'll be eating uh, our meals out. So we'll be able to just enjoy riding and taking pictures. And uh, uh, the, we're going to s start at Steamboat Springs and we're doing the, the route north to south. So we'll go from S Steamboat Springs to Gypsum and then from Gypsum to Buena Vista and then BV to Lake City, Lake City to Telluride, and then Telluride to Cortez. And we're going to have a layover at Cottonwood Hot Springs and have a day of rest mm -hmm. and be able to soak and have a good time. And uh, the two days that the route is really, really hard, we have alternate routes that we've come up with. So uh, if the ladies are feeling strong and feeling like they're riding well, then they will ride the primary route with me. And if they're feeling like that they want to be a little more casual and not work quite so hard, then they will ride the alternate route with uh, Elisa. But both the alternate and primary routes are spectacularly beautiful. And then there's uh, the Chuck route, which would be on a hammock <laughs> yeah, you for could about drive, 8 to 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, you can hang out in support vehicle, right? But, yeah, this has never been done, an all-woman tour of the of the BDR, of the Colorado BDR. So this will be the first time. But, uh, yeah, we sold out so quickly, so we added a second one in September. We're going to be doing it in the fall, and uh, we have lots of slots available for that. And that should be pretty spectacular as well because the, the, the leaves will be beginning to change and we'll have a lot of color. 
Cool. So I have to I have to close out with one final question for you, Pat, because okay. I'm looking at the frequently asked questions on the site of the ADV Women Rally, and I know that the things are on there because someone asked them, but did someone really ask, can I camp at an adventure rally? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, uh, huh. <laughs> Actually, I think that the question was probably more along the lines of, is camping included? And yes, uh, our, our fee for the, the base rate of the rally is $247, and that includes free camping. Okay. It's uh, primitive camping, unsupported camping. Uh, but we do have a hotel option this year because we've uh, we've rented uh, convention space, and and so you know if oh, if you want to have a nice soft pillow, uh, like oh. I'm sure you guys do, and a cushy <laughs> bed. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> we have that as an option as well. <laughs> so I see it says campfires aren't allowed. Um, are wood burning stoves okay? <laughs> you know. Last year we had a guy w- with his RV and uh, he had one of those propane stoves and uh, it, it really has to do more with uh, fire restrictions yeah. because in the, in the high country in the in the summer oftentimes we we get uh, high fire advisories and then uh, and then there's fire restrictions so so you just don't bother with it. Makes sense. Well, and the other thing is, is where we're camping is not, uh, it's it's not an organized campground. It's actually a pasture. And it's a disorganized campground. <laughs> right, exactly. It's totally disorganized. So we will have a fire pit, one community fire pit. And catered um, meals. So. Yeah, exactly. And cushy pillows. <laughs> you leave me to my hot dog cooked over coals. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds fancy. You get a hot dog? Well, half of one. I, I just gotta, got. A little, I got to make it last. I got a half can of potted meat product. You live yeah, you fancy. Got, you brought your spam with you, huh? Spam, not that name brand stuff. <laughs> That's fancy. That's <laughs> for those people on KTM's. Mine's government surplus. <laughs> Has a picture of a dog on it. I'm not sure why. You know, I I did a ride one time with a guy, and he was he told me what a picky eater he was, and then he proceeded to pull out a bunch of MREs, and I just <laughs> busted a gut laughing at him. <laughs> I can't stand that thing they call flavor. <laughs> Damn that stuff! Wait, was he from Utah? Uh, no. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Identifiable texture? What? <laughs> All right. Pat, thanks so much for talking with us. This was a blast. All right. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I'm. Uh, I, that, it sounds like a really fun rally. It does, and I, I think I would learn much more efficiently at that kind mm-hmm. of class. Well, like she said, you know, we, we were, we're talking in generalities, and, you know, for every person I, I make a generality about, there's an exception or two yep. in every class, practically. As a writer coach, what did you take away from that? Because you were scribbling notes. Yeah, no. It's, when she's talking about the 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 men and the women teaching differently, I was it was interesting because you know you don't you don't you don't think of it, mm-hmm. right? Like you you've got your spiel, and I have because you got your male privilege. That's right. Your CIS. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's more. I, I like, don't. I don't remember. Something goes. I, get, I don't got nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. You're white. Yep. And you're man. Quite so. Yeah. So do what well, I say. I don't know if quite so. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Nobody likes you. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, because, you know, I, I, I have, you know, she talks about the spiel, and I have a few of the spiels, but I have, you know, variations on the spiel, you mm-hmm. know, because the, 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 the person who's into it and who is, you know, engaged by a little bit of funniness, you have the way you tackle that. The person who is dead serious, you have a way you tackle that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the metaphors you use change based upon the people. You find out, you know, like she's talking about what sports. That's what she, when she said alpine skiing, I'm like, oh, beautiful, yes. Because you're a skier. I, I'm a skier, and I can relate to that. I was tempted to ask, what do you say to the computer nerd who's been at a desk 12 hours a day? What do you, what's that like? <laughs> you can get real nerd. You can feel cool. I play a lot of Xbox. You're really cool right now. I I'm play a lot. Of, how, how do you relate to me as a, a professional-level Skyrim player? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How does that... Mm-hmm. Translate, but only with the nudie mods. <laughs> <laughs> How does that translate? But yeah, if anything, I guess the thing I'm really taking away is the 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 kind of reinforcing the need to watch the students and you know honestly see if they are getting stuff and if they're not, have more tricks in your bag mm-hmm. to try. Because to her point, everybody's different, and you know there's probably tendencies in women and tendencies in men, but. If you go with a straight, you know, boilerplate, there's still you're going to miss stuff. Yep. It's just it's a good reminder. Yep. Everybody's going to learn differently. Cool. Yeah. Cool. We have a lot of mail this week. We have a whole mess of listener mail. Let's go from the top. Kareem writes, there's a YouTube by the name of Yami Noob from the Dallas area who has been the past eight months completely destroyed not one but two Triumph Daytona 675Rs. He just posted a video about his most recent wreck along with the claim, I cannot be killed. What are your thoughts about jackasses like this being seen as role models to impressionable young riders and what is a non-douchey way of correcting riders who have this idiotic mentality taught to them like it's the only way to be a biker? Here's the video. He's the guy who gets launched 20 feet in the air. Wow. Um, I guess the first thing I would say is any anyone who actually looks at somebody like this and thinks they're a role model probably should just not ride bikes. Yeah. I, I can't... I don't know why someone would watch him and be like, yeah, I want to be like him. Yeah, he he almost is like a like a what not to do. Yeah, he's he's a warning. Yeah, he's he, and I, I feel like he comes. I, I I don't know if he knows he's that, but uh, you know he kind of comes across to me that way. I'm I am at a loss. How do you, how do you approach someone? Yeah, and I don't know. I guess I I haven't approached. I haven't encountered a lot of people who are like I want to be like a person who does that's, dumb yeah, shit. Yeah, this thing. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I think I think somebody wants to have a role model to be like you know like. I want to be like Valentino Rossi and go be a racer. Yeah, I want to yeah. be like, a, you know, I want to do like an around the world thing like these guys. I want to be like a, you know, a really. I, I can't internalize the mindset that looks at this and is like, yeah. I want to be that guy who does dumb YouTube videos and crashes in them. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that doesn't. That seems I mean, like, at the extreme edge, I can see the, a guy watching like the Ghost Rider videos and being like, oh, I want to be him. I want to be him. Going but, 200 miles an hour through okay, traffic. And maybe, and maybe that's the tactic. But take. not crashing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going 200 miles an hour through traffic, and I guess the tactic is really just be honest with him. Well, it, what do you think happens if that guy screws up even a tiny bit? Did you see the guy today on the Utah motorcycle group Mm-mm. posted a selfie mm-hmm. on a bike on the freeway? Oh, one hand up in the air. That's fantastic. Yeah, my life is richer. And he's like, "Here, look at my selfie," oh, and God. everyone's like, "Oh God!" What oh my th- God! What are you thinking? And his response. Look at the haters. <laughs> don't feed the troll, kids. <laughs> I just, that's probably the best lesson for people like this. They do it for attention. Don't feed the troll. I, I get, uh... Fortunately, everyone that's responding to him is just like, 
what the fuck, dude? Kids, don't feed the troll. Oh, and he was wearing a tank top. He's of course he's wearing a tank top. Tank top. What the hell do you think he's going to be wearing? He had a helmet. Taking selfies. Had a helmet. Who's wearing a helmet? With he's wearing a, a full-face helmet. Full-face helmet, yeah. mirror and, visor. And a, and, a, and a Corona tank top. Yeah, yeah Corona no, tank I could, top. I could see him. Yep. I, I don't I don't even need to see him to see him. And his replies were just like, look at the haters. Yep, yep. You know, you guys what, were just Kids, hating. don't feed the troll. I was on an empty road. It's totally cool. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I, I, mm-hmm. I just, I just, mm-hmm. I just, I just, yep. I just, I just is it because I'm older? I think some of it is. Some of it is you. Some of it is you have a you have a writing world where you you give some dams about other people's thoughts about writing. I guess I like I give a damn about my students, and you know anyone who I feel like is in my little circle of people I want to be safe, and everyone else I kind of just can just fuck off and die. Basically, <laughs> I don't mm, care. I'm just oh man, it's just uh, <coughs> I, I, I just can't. I yeah. just can't. I can't so hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't even. I almost want to get him on the show, but at the same time, no, I don't. Don't, wanna, don't feed the troll. I don't. Don't. Wanna... Don't even. Don't. Don't. Don't give him the attention he craves. Yeah, it's just. I just. I just. So many things just mm-hmm. full stop in my head. Mm-hmm. They crash in my brain and go flying twenty feet into yeah, the air. Sure. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. All right, let's let's go on. Let's move on. Moving on. John the Moto Squirrel writes. Greetings, Chuck and Todd. I was Greetings, Earthman. Well, at least one of us. I was recently speaking with my girlfriend, and she asked me a question about adventure bikes. She wondered about the cases, how the cases, the side cases and top case, affected the handling of the bike. I'm not really a knowledgeable and well-rounded rider yet, as I'm a new rider. However, I had a vague idea how bike center of gravity and weight act while traveling down the road. How do the cases affect the balance? Does it make the bike significantly more top-heavy, or is it something manageable? Is it noticeable in turns or only when stopped? Uh, answer, yes. It's a <laughs> uh, so so the, like, the Strom is very noticeably different with the luggage on it, mm-hmm. I'm assuming the Buell and others are the same. So you, you, your bike has a thing called a load triangle. If you were taking, I don't think it's in the new BRC thing, but uh, if you sit on the bike and you draw a line between the top of your head and your two axles, you make a triangle. Things in that triangle won't do much to affect the handling of the bike. Anything outside that triangle, conspicuous items being cases, passengers, mm-hmm. um, those will affect the handling of the bike because those will be outside your center of mass area. Mm-hmm. Um, side cases are definitely noticeably affecting the handling. Low speed, high speed, doesn't matter. High speed is less noticeable, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you got more weight up top, and it's more. it wants to fall in a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't adjust your suspension and you have a lot of weight on the back, then you change your steering geometry, and you'll make your steering geometry uh, actually have longer trail, and the result will be a less enjoyable time of turning. Mm-hmm. So. But, you know, that's the same also if you have a passenger on your back and you're mm-hmm. not adjusting your suspension. Yeah. If your weight... If your weight changes significantly on the bike, you gotta dial, yeah. redial your suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, in a l- most cases, mm-hmm. if you're looking at factory um, luggage or even um, r- big third-party luggage like Touratech or whatnot, mm-hmm. they tend to take that into mind where they're designing their luggage. Mm. So they're not looking to um, really make the bike suddenly, you know, horribly unmanageable in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bike is still a manageable thing. Um, you'll really curse yourself when you're trying to pick the bike up off the ground if you drop it. 
Yeah. You know, because it could be heavy. Yep. Well, it could be heavy for some people mm-hmm. who aren't used to deadlifting um, 400 pounds mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, like you? What? <laughs> um, what was there? Oh. Yeah, so... You, and you see, oh, you see that picture of that strum? Yes, with the with, with the, the suitcase, the actual suitcase luggage, with the actual suitcases. As as so, that bike's handling is is all the shit now. That one, that bike's <laughs> handling is somewhat uh, <laughs> somewhat. There's a, someone who who took actual uh, <coughs> roller bags and and strapped them on at several points on their V strom. Now there's I got I got to say this. There is a non-zero chance that that person was doing that deliberately to take the picture and be an asshat. <laughs> but you know, if you want to look at the serious ones, look at the people who load their bikes up in Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're doing it for real. I mean, mine looks like the Clampets, but I have, you know, because I have the tank luggage and the back luggage mm-hmm. on the Strom. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, it's it's not actually all that much stuff. Yeah. So. It's yeah, mostly it's, porn. Short answer is it's going to affect it. Um, but not something you have to really worry about. Yeah. You, you pack smart, you pack low, as much weight low as you can. You know, the put your stove goes down in the cases on the side. You put your blankets and pillows up top, get some miles underneath it and you won't even notice. Yep. Yep. Um, (coughs) Ted from motorcycle men and several others. Let us know about drinking age in the military. Hey guys, it's whatever the local laws are. So we deny you a beer in this drinking establishment because you are underage as dictated by state law. Now please take your high powered military rifle and go legally kill a terrorist. Have a nice day. America. 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 Daisy writes, my dog can write emails. Yes. Crazy. Wait, I'll do this. Okay. Daisy writes, how are you? Believe that today is a good day. Doesn't that sound like your dog? Yeah, it does. It does. This is Daisy, who come from Folk Lightning in China. Oh, okay. I didn't know your dog was Chinese. I, I figured she was Canadian. But We're very glad to write to you. Our factory mainly produced the lead work, light, lead driving light, lead light, lead bar, lead fog light, lead agricultural light, etc. Besides, Folk Lightning was founded in 2010 with rich experience and professional RD team in lead industry. Mm. We determined that we want to become Chinese automotive lighting field leader in the next three years. At least last, at last, we can provide and design. <laughs> we can design the high DC quality DC gay. <laughs> We can provide in DC gay the high quality lights that are made to order. If you are interested in our products, please contact me. It's not doubt that I'm glad to serve you. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, your dog says hi, boss. <laughs> hey, serve you. You gonna eat that? <laughs> yeah, this turns out not to be my dog. This is some other Daisy. <laughs> Well, there it is. The the uh, the I don't know how we got on the list for every weird Chinese distributor, but here we sit. Yep. 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 If now, if we can only get them to send us free stuff. So I, I went to an off-road show, and there was a bunch of LED lighting people there. Were you signing us up for mailing lists? No, no. But there was there was a uh, there's there's a spectrum of the LED light sellers there. Okay. There's like the guys who make the pretty decent quality lights. And, you know, it's like clearly a couple of guys who were like from the state. You know, it's like a couple of like guys like us. You know, random like motorcycle guys who're like, dude, we should make a business with lights and stuff for our jeeps and motorcycles. 
Um, it's all cheap stuff mostly. Okay. And then around the corner there is there is we make lights. Very very good price lights. Yes, this light goes on many things. Is this plutonium? <laughs> no, it's good. You don't worry. No, no problem. <laughs> and then down the way you have the Chinese light sellers. You just point. <laughs> and it's real cheap. Yeah. yeah. But it was pretty funny. The LED light thing is, is quickly commoditizing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. The IMS shows and stuff. Yeah. The AIM expos and whatnot. Yeah, the, 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 the vendor alley is full of the... Straight from China, the hungry looking, straight from Taiwan, the hungry looking no name brand. Yeah. Hey, you want lights? Lights, lights. We light up lights. good. Lights, lead lights. Farm. <laughs> shouting, shouting, random. <laughs> Farm light. Fog light. Bar. bar. Light bar. <laughs> it's not doubt. I'm glad to serve you. <laughs> they just have various duck calls they blow into. Light <laughs> bar. <laughs> Someone pokes their head up. What? We can make a lot of money selling duck calls that say <laughs> phrases in English for Chinese Chinese business people. LED lights. Boobs. Free beer. It's a motorcycle show. What do you want? Uh, what have you learned this week, Chuck? I, I, I learned that I think I learned things like a woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm comfortable with that. Mm. You certainly scream like one. Mm, I'm I'm comfortable with that. I've learned that the studio is no longer a safe place. Yep. And that's all we got time for this week. Until next week, I'm Todd. And I've got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next time. You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike, and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website, www.wheelnerds.com. If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheelnerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. Uh, I think you have to leave the scream in, no doubt. Because you screamed like a girl.